Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's good, fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast, Episode 9. I am excited this week as I have been for the past few weeks, and I'm not going to bore you. I want to get right to it. I have a guest today, but first I got to give you a few descriptors about my guests, right? We've got a visionary on the podcast today. We have a philanthropist on the podcast today. We have an entrepreneur on the podcast today. We have a devoted husband on the podcast today, a loving father, brother, son, and son of the most high. Welcome, Tracy Parker, to the Dear Son Podcast. Tracy, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, bro, man. Thank you for having me, man. Pleasure and honor on my side, man. How you doing? I always want to make sure the guests got, you know, are in the right mind frame. How's your how's your mind frame today? How you feeling, man? Honestly, man, I'm feeling blessed, man. You know, I'm on the opposite side of the of the tunnel today. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. the eternal rest tunnel. So, you know, I'm doing <laughs> okay. I'm doing great, man. I can't complain at all. Okay. Well, first, I want to help the uh, help the guests get oriented to who you are. We want to start with your fatherhood story. So, if you could kind of take us back to you know the dynamics in your home. Brothers and sisters, what was your early life like? Um, was your father around? And then kind of bring us up really quickly to, you know, your situation today. You're married, how many kids you have. So I'll, I'll give you some time to kind of break that down for the people. Right, right. Thank you, man. I definitely appreciate it, man. First of all, I want to thank you for, um, and I'm honored, man, to be on your, your podcast, bro, man. It's been a long time coming, man. We've yeah, been absolutely. talking and um, I'm excited. I'm truly, truly excited, man. I was waiting for the call, yeah. you know what I mean? So <laughs> I was out. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely appreciate it. But um, my story, man, um, it was a hard story. But growing up um, without your mom, without your dad, um, raised by your grandparents. Okay. Um, living through like a, almost living through like a hell on the inside. Mm-hmm. But um, always just had dreams of, of basically you know, what I wanted out of life, sure. you know what I mean? So I just lived in my dreams. So that helped create my creative side. Yeah. Um, never really had a f- actual father there. Okay. Um, but I've been blessed to live in an area where I saw some great dads. Okay. You know what I mean? So I yeah. was able to, some of the fatherhood things that um, I was looking for, um, I was able to get some from some of my homeboys, um, okay. their fathers or my homegirls' fathers, or okay, or so even my a, peers. A, a, there was a village kind of created around that void, right? Okay, right. And even even my peers, man, you know, we policed each other and stuff like that. So we was father figures to each other as well. Sure, you know what I mean. So, um, and that leads me to like, you know, what I'm saying my my drive to being the best father I can be. Um, yeah. The, the best husband I can be. Yeah. Um, 
the best leader I can be because I was always taught that a leader um, sacrifices and he be there or she be there and no excuses, no time off, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So I adapted that, you know, into my life and it got me to the point where I, um, this Thursday, October 28th, I'll be married 21 years. Man, that's a celebration. Clap it up, folks. Clap it up. Clap right, it up. Clap right. it up. 21 right. years. 21 years, man. We've been together, me and my queen, Joy. We've been together 27 years. We have three kids. Okay. Um, I have a grandson now. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I have a grandson what's, now. What's your Aiden. grandson's name? Aiden, man. Salute to Aiden. Yes. Aiden got you. Aiden got you smiling different, man. <laughs> got you smiling different. You cheesing all day on the Facebook and the gram. Yeah, man. I can't help it, man. I love it, man. I just, I just love to be that part of that influence. You know what I'm saying with him and my yes. son, and um, so we can, you know, what I'm saying we create more little leaders in and and extend our legacy, man. You know, what I'm saying yeah. extend the Parker name. So you you we're definitely going to get into your leadership, your 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 visionary, uh, your goals and aspirations that you're actively pursuing. This is not a list on a wall. I really see you doing the work, building these things, and I'm sure there are things that I don't know about. Uh, what was what was life like with your grandparents, and kind of a combination? At what point did you realize, or or, or did you actually fill a void with not having that? Um, I guess being raised by your, 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 your mother, your birth mother and father was at what point did you recognize that, you know, this is, this is kind of different. I'm missing something. Or did you ever feel like you were missing anything uh, because your grandparents just gave you everything that you needed? Well, I always felt like I was missing something when, um, when I go to somebody's house and I hear them say mom and it's their real mom. Yeah. Or you hear them say dad, it's their real dad or, um, just like when I, I played football in high school, you know, I played quarterback and I stayed in the paper, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, I did my thing and, um, just knowing that, um, a lot of people cheering for you, but it's none of your, it's not your blood. It's not your father that you always wanted to, right. to be there for you or your mother. I mean, um, my mother, she was in and out of jail a lot okay. of her life. And, um, but I tell you, man, um, over the last several years of her life, man, she just changed. And, and a lot of things that I was missing from when I was a child from mm-hmm. then my grandmother was off. Awesome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She taught me the value of a, of a true queen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put so much back into my queen and showing my daughter, how a man supposed to treat a queen sure. and show her a value. But my grandma really taught me that. And mama Lee taught me that, um, I was always surrounded by a lot of women. Okay. You know, saying not a lot of men. Um, so, um, what what were some of those some of those lessons like? Because you you definitely, like I said, I'm gonna keep hit, harping on the values that you demonstrate right. that I see from afar. You know, I, I know you, but you know, we're not we're not in the same city. We're not you know connecting every day. But just what I see right. from afar, I see the values being displayed. What were some of those life lessons that the women uh, kind of poured into you? Man, um, just hearing I love you. You know, you know, um, my grandmother, she grew up in uh, in a hard life as well. Um, without getting too many details, but, you know, back in the day, it's hard to tell people that you love them. So when you sure. grow up in the house and you don't hear it, but they show it. Right. My grandmother was a grinder, man. She was a grinder and um, she sacrificed so much. So I got the sacrifice from her. Okay. Um, I got the one of the lessons that. Um, if you have to give, then you should give, right. um, unconditionally, you know, it shouldn't be a reason why you give, right. If somebody needs something, you know, um, you do it for them, you know what I mean? And yeah. you shouldn't be looking for anything in return. Um, like I said, like with Mama Lee, um, just the value of love and then that discipline, like when, uh, me and my wife first got together and, um. I was all distraught because I didn't go and play college football. Um, turned down some schools that I probably should have went to because I didn't get the school that I wanted to go to or whatever. And uh, just feeling sorry for myself, man. Mm. And she ended up taking a, taking me in when I was like 17 because I basically was, I was homeless. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people didn't know that. I wasn't homeless long, but I was homeless. I didn't know what I was going to be that next morning or whatever or that night. Right. And um, when she took me in, um, 
she just showed me so much love and she just invited me. And like, you would have thought that I was her own. And one of the things that she taught me when I was still feeling sorry for myself after I graduated high school and went in the military or whatever, reserves, um, when I, when I met my wife, um, I fell in love with my wife, man, almost instantly. I ain't tell her that right away. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure you, sure you did. Right. <laughs> but I fell in love with her almost instantly, man. And um, she taught me, she said, you know, if you really love her, and you really care about her, um, you got to do the things that you're supposed to do to take care of your woman. And from that day, I promise you, bro, I promise you from that day forward, and I never looked back. I was just on my grind. I just wanted, because my wife never asked for anything. She just wanted okay. me. And I wasn't used to that. You know what I'm saying? I'm always used to somebody always wanting something from you. You got to give, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Whatever. And she never really wanted anything from me but me. Yeah. And that just motivated, motivated me to want to do more. You know what I mean? Yeah. How How did you overcome that part of not understanding that somebody could really want you just for you to love you unconditionally? What was that process like? Was it you know, did, was it a long time? Did you recognize it fairly quickly uh, early on? At what point did you accept that, you know, this this is my queen. She really loves me for me. Because every time you, anytime you talk about your wife, the name comes up, man, your eyes, your eyes light up. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> like, how did you, how did you work through that part of it? Because, yeah, you know, you, you came from a, um, a very challenged upbringing and, right. And it's understandable to be that way. How right. did you, how did you work through that? Um, it was God, man. I tell you, man, it was, it was, it was nothing but God. It wasn't me at all. Cause I, I just still don't be feeling like I'm worthy enough to have her. You know sure. what I mean? I know that I'm feeling. just blessed. Yeah. Um, it was nothing but God, man. I tell you, man, when she, I knew God, we didn't really go to church, um, yeah. growing up in my house, <clears throat> but we knew of God. Sure. And um and those are two different things. I want to be clear to the audience. Right. Going to church doesn't mean you know God. Right. No God doesn't mean you go to church. So Right. And uh went to church with a man and I felt comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt really, really comfortable with her. The first church that I ever went to more than once. Yeah. That was her church, man. I felt so comfortable and her her grandmother was like just like a pure lady, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Not taking anything away from her mom or anything, but her grandma was just a pure lady, man. And like I was in church one day and I had some gum in my mouth and I'm chewing the gum because I'm nervous, right? Uh -huh. And she just looked at me. <laughs> and I knew to stop chewing that gum, yeah. man. And I looked at my queen and she looked at me like she don't know what's going on. But it was funny, man. So, um, when she really helped me get closer to God. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, knowing God and being present in his life, you know what I'm saying? On an everyday basis. Yeah. Is a little different. If, yeah. Cause you know, he always in your life. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I, do you know, I, that is a very, I never heard it put that way. Right. God does want you to be in his life. Right. So that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So that was the pivotal shift of she she helped you reconnect or connect on a deeper level and really right. develop a relationship with God for yourself. Because one one thing that I know I was in church, my parents were, you know, that it was we were in church a lot. Right. And I I recognized what it was to serve, to be in church and to serve. But as I got older, I realized I really didn't have a relationship with God. So I was going through the motions and it was more of a tradition than me actually knowing and understanding. But. You know, at this stage of my life, I, I like you, you know, perhaps later in life realize that God is the greatest, man. Like that's where right, that's where it starts. Man. That's where it ends. Like yeah. we're nothing, right? We can we can take on the task as he allows and empowers us, but that's the end all be all for me. Right, man. Cause he allowed you to say, you know what? <clears throat> Your mistakes were just a mistake, it was just like a stepping stone to where you need to be. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hold you obligated to that circumstance or that situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause I already know where you're going and who you, who you supposed to be. You just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. You know and what we, I mean? We, it'd probably scare us if he showed us 
right. roadmap, right? Right. So he has to do it incrementally. Right. I want to go back to like, how did, how did you develop as a man being reared, being poured into by primarily women throughout your life? Who would, how, what were the, the influential people in your life that helped you understand manhood or was that a journey that you traveled alone? Um, it was almost a journey that I traveled alone, man, as far as an adult, um, other than, um, uh, my basketball coach, coach Henderson, um, man, that's, he's, he's still like a dad to me. Mm. Um, and, uh, I remember one time I was playing football and me and our head coach, we just wasn't getting along. Mm-hmm. And I never quit at anything. I believe that you don't quit at anything. Once you open up that door, it's easy to do it over and over. Didn't believe in quitting. But he had me so frustrated, man, because he wouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very inquisitive person. So that means if you're going to tell me, okay, this route tree is for this, explain to me why. Right. So I can get a better understanding, so I can be a better quarterback and a better person right. if I know why. But he would never talk to me. And um, I was so mad I was going to quit. And we won the game. Mm-hmm. I still was going to quit. And um, and Coach Henderson just pulled me to the side, and he dug in me, man. But he didn't dig on into me to um <clears throat> to beat me down. Sure, he dug into me to build me up, and it yeah. wasn't constructive criticism because I think that criticism is still criticism. I think that we hide behind the word the words constructive criticism. Something. I just believe in right. I yeah. believe in just being constructive. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Constructive growth. And that's what he poured into me, man. And then, then I had our peers, man, like my older brother, Rocky. You know what I'm saying? He was always there for me. And that was that's my dude. We, I mean, we go through it, but that's still my dude. Yeah. Um, then I had my brother, Dean, Mike Faison, Greg Ruff. I had my whole village, man. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and then just always wanting to dad, man looking at it on TV, looking at the great fathers on TV, the Bill Cosby on TV and the James Evans on TV and even Red Fox on TV. Cause even he, even though he had his unique way, um, but you just saw so much love that he had for his son and stuff like that. So like I said, I used to live in a fantasy world in my own head to help me get by. Wow. So I took those same things. And then once I learned God, you know what I'm saying? Learning that, hey, I'm his son. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how much of the void frustrates you and how much of it fuels you? You were very good in sports where you you mentioned being in the paper, but it was kind of that light was kind of dimmed or it wasn't so exciting because the people you wanted to read weren't reading it. How much of that was I'm going to show them? I'm going to, I'm going to prove to the world that I can still do it. Was, did that play a part or was there any frustration or resentment that you carried and it? It just became fuel for you to be great at sports. You'd be great at life to do more things, to give back more. Yeah. I mean, it was frustrating, man. I'm not going to lie. It was frustrating at a young age, but then it, it wasn't frustrating anymore. Uh-huh. Um, simply because like I said, it, it turned from frustration to me and to my competitive side. Gotcha. Um, it really pushed me. It gave me a drive, man. Yeah. Um, an unexplainable drive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where that, you know, I felt like I can do anything. I don't have to be great at everything, but I got to be able to do everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the one who don't know. Yeah. And, and even further, man, not even just they didn't come to my football game. Man, I graduated high school and hit one of the loudest ovations in the in the, um at the Coliseum and yeah. knowing that not one person there was was related to me. It was a little surreal, bruh. So Wow. Yeah, not one. Not one. And you know, understanding that um people missed people who I really cared about or dreamed about missed out on a lot of important times in my life that supposed to be shared. Yeah. But you know why I don't resent that? I, I'm not upset about it anymore because, I mean, you never know what a person was going through. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You, you never know what a person was going through. I just know that 
um, I'm not going to miss those moments for my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then not only just my kids, the kids in our village, because I don't want any kids growing up feeling like I did growing up and missing out on the things that I felt like I missed out on. Now, I can't replace their father, right. but I can be a strong figure and I can hopefully I can motivate more people to be strong male figures and hope it become contagious, if yeah. that makes sense. You know what I found in these conversations? Uh, like I had a conversation with my father, just a, a, a real open dialogue about our perspective of each other. And that was enlightening. But the more I have these conversations with other people, with other men, it's clear that there was a generation of non-communicators, mm. right? So if you, if you don't have anybody communicating with you, and I, I was thinking about what you said about your coach, you know, he didn't communicate with you. He was probably from that era where, you know, he was first generation after the, the generation that didn't talk at all. Right. They just provide, right. sit down, be in a child's place. Like that was my right. dad. And he tried to catch things and be aware of things and adjust with me, but you know, he didn't get it perfect. And that's not the point, right. To get it perfect. Right. But just how the generations, um, you know, hopefully get better. But, you know, there's there's that part where if you don't have somebody to communicate with you, that's one thing. But if you don't also don't have an example, like my father didn't talk a lot, but I could see some things. Right. So if you're missing both of those references, it could be it can present some real challenges. How do you how do you use your life story to parent, to be a husband? How do you navigate through all of that? And what do you pour into your family? What things are important, like in terms of core and family values that that you've established, you know, because it wasn't necessarily um, you didn't see that dynamic. But like what things right. what things are important and, and mandatory in your family in terms of values? Well, I know, first of all. Well, first of all, um, we got God in our house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we wake up, first thing we say, simple prayer. Thank you, God, for waking us up Absolutely. this morning. If we don't get to see each other, we text it to each other. But we have to say it. And we don't exit each other without telling each other that we love them. Because that was something I always, I always wanted to hear every day, all day, those I love you words. Right. Right? So I make sure that we do that every single day. My kids can just push my button, but I'm not going to miss out on the opportunity to tell them that I love them. Sure. And, you know, they act like it's a little weird when they tell, they'll tell me and my, my wife, my queen, like it ain't nothing, but it's hard for them. It seems like it's weird to tell each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we still working on that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, but, I actually learned to say, I love you every day to another man for my son. Right. Because it was important to him. And I, and I just kind of looked up one day, like, what did you, what did, where did he get that from? Cause it wasn't like me and my father say it now, but that's after I'm 42. You know right. what I'm saying? My dad would be what? 73 in a couple of weeks. Like it, it's right. after some time where we're looking back and actually had a chance to say, Oh, we missed this, but everybody doesn't get that chance. Not, you know, right. for him, you know, he would, he wouldn't, he get out of the car and say it. If he didn't hear it back, he's not moving. He's like, right. hey, dad, yeah, I, I love right. it. And I don't, it made me more aware. So I'm more open. And, and I say it to my, my, you know, my boys, I, we say it, but to some people I say it and it catches them off guard. Like, wait, oh, you, you love me. Yes. This is an right. opportunity. I don't know that we're going to have this opportunity again. And I don't want to live with that. Right. Right. What, um, you, you caught me off guard with the homeless, uh, bit because I, I I definitely wasn't aware of that. Right. What were some of those hard times, those dark days like? And and the, the reason I'm asking you is because I know you're an advocate for mental health. Right. And I wonder what those days played into your advocacy. Did you struggle with it? Did you get help? How were those times for you? How did you power through? Well, um I I wasn't even homeless for a long I was homeless for some hours. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Um, but that was some that was some dreadful hours because it took one of my homeboys to um see me just standing on the street to leave from where I was at and to run all the way home. He ran all the way home, told his mom, and uh, she said, Tell him to come on down here. Mm. So I was still kinda embarrassed. So one of my friends lived across the street from my old house. 
So I took my dresser and we lifted up and put it in his garage. So I went down the street to uh, Mama Lee house, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'll be there and everything, but I wouldn't bring my stuff because I'm like, yo, I don't know if I'm a, how long I'm going to be here. You know what I mean? And was so, that pride or was that you honestly didn't know? I just didn't know. It wasn't even pride. It was just I didn't know. And um, so I go down. I, I was scared to even wash my clothes. So I just take my clothes and take them back down to his garage and then get some new, some fresh clothes and bring them back. But, you know, after a while, you're going to run out of fresh clothes. So you got to do <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, as far as getting help, I can't honestly say I, I still feel like I do need that help, mm -hmm. you know, even being an advocate. I, I, I do too. Right. I do too. Yeah. Right. Even being an advocate um, on the outside, people look at us as strong because we always fighting yeah. for others and stuff like that and different causes. But it's just more that's put on us. Mm -hmm. It's not something that wasn't put on me that I didn't ask for though. I'm not going to lie to you. I asked God yeah. for this. You know what I mean? Um, but you said why? Why, why? why? Yeah. Why was this important? Not why did you ask it? Why did you ask God for this thing? I understand consulting God and asking for what you need, but what was it about it that, like the why? What? Why do you want to be such an advocate for so many things? Man, man, growing up the way I did, bruh, and then losing my mom to domestic violence to a person that said he loved her, and it was just like, okay, I can't. It can't end like this. Her legacy couldn't end like that. My grandmother's legacy couldn't end like that. My last name, Parker, couldn't end like that. Right. Um, so, like I said, I've always been a um, a mentor, mm -hmm. but I thought that, okay, it needed to go to a whole nother level. You know what I mean? And to be able to start my nonprofit um, with my daughter, another woman, young lady, Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was just perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I leave it, I always wanted to know that when I left this earth, I made a difference in somebody's life. Right. I don't, I think that um, where we, where we operate in life sometimes is that we avoid other, other people's situations, not so much as avoid them. We avoid other people's situations because it's not, um, something that you feel like it, it influenced your life for the better because the lack of knowledge will do that. Right. So I believe that the more knowledge that we have of different situations, the more of a help that we can actually be, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So that's why, and I never believed in operating inside of a box. I always operate outside the box. Yeah. Um, I don't like those type of restraints. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I like, I don't want to, I didn't want to start a nonprofit organization and just be locked in on one thing in our village when our village needs so much. Yeah. And village is so important to me because like I was telling you, um, that's how, where I'm at, I am right now. Right. Um, it took a village to help me get to the point where I'm at. So how can I teach somebody something that I didn't go through or I didn't experience? I experienced a village saving me. So why yeah. wouldn't I try to promote village atmosphere and we get yeah. away from that and you made a you made a point and uh we was talking about uh communication and uh and me and you've been talking you know what i'm saying a, a lot more lately you know what yeah. i mean yeah and uh we're doing like the, the, some some of the same things similar things and uh, yeah we're doing our um we're the parkers or whatever yeah and one of the things that um one of the things behind it is bringing it back to the table because back in the day, bro, um, you might not solve all of your problems, yeah, but you was aware of the problems at the dinner table. Oh, was for sure. For sure. Right. And, and I, I admittedly have lost that discipline where it's mandatory for us to sit down and eat. Right. Um, I can't, I mean, there's some weeks where we don't, where we don't do it. And I feel part of me feels guilty the other part feels like I'm facilitating, like I'm being a cool dad. And I mentioned that in other right. episodes why I, I kind of, kind of struggle with picking my points when cool is acceptable. And when you have mm -hmm. to enforce some, you know, some ground rules. Right. Um, 
one one thing I'll come back to that. You, you have three kids. How old are right. they? I got a 22-year-old, a night. That's my oldest son, uh-huh. Elijah. Isaiah's my youngest son. He's 19. And Noel, she'll be 16 next month. And that's who the co-founder of the nonprofit. Yeah. My daughter How proud Noel. are you? How proud are you of your kids, man? Because your eyes are sparkling right now. Right. What, what do they mean to you? Man, they mean everything to me, man. Um, I feel accomplished, man. You know what I mean? Like, I get to do the things that I always wanted for myself. I get to do it for them. And uh, and for it to be appreciated, it means a lot. You know what I mean? Of course, you have those situations with your kids. Because I'm not always going to be right. I only right. been a father for 22 years. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? There's a lot can be done in 22 years and then not that much can be done in 22 years. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm proud of them because I tell you this, like with my oldest son, right? Um, I spent more time with him growing up um, trying to get him to do what I thought he should do and not listen, Right. Then reality hit when you found out that the things that he's really good at, you knew nothing about because you wasn't listening. Yeah. And then to find out that he's not only good at it, he's great at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, then to find the same thing about my son, my, my other son, I said, I can't make that mistake again with my daughter. Yeah. But I got to make up for it with my sons. You know what I mean? And, um, it's at amazing, what, man. At what point in life did you come to that realization where you needed to be and listen more, more than providing him direction based on what you thought was important? When did you start like actually listening to, oh, let me let me hear him out? Right, man. What what one what I learned is that um children would follow your example before they listen to your words. You know what I mean? So you spend more time trying to give them advice when they really just need to see your example. They do need to hear a voice of reasoning. Yeah. Um, but as far as when I realized that, man, um, I said, we go back about maybe, maybe about four years ago. Okay. You know that's what I mean? Quick, he's, he's 21 now. So that's what? 17, 22, 22, 17, 18. Yeah. yeah. Very critical time. Yeah. Um, How important is it, like, as you realize that with your oldest son, catch the catch yourself before, you know, as you're as you're raising your your next two. How important is it for you to give them explanations and context around why you're why the rules are the rules, why you're saying what you're saying, why you demand so much of them? And I and I'll again, come clean. I've been having these expectations of my, you know, my children, but this is about their son. So I focus on my oldest son. He's 14 having these expectations of him, but I haven't really been communicating them because I think he should just know these things because that's what I did when I was a child. Right. And I realized like, you know, he, he kind of called me to the carpet was like that. I don't, I don't get why you're on me like this. And I explained it to him, you know, it was emotional for all of us. And at the end he said, thank you. I didn't know that. And I was like, right. Right. Cause I come from a, Stand a child's place. And I know some of these themes are repetitive, but I mean, that's like, seems to be a, a, a theme throughout, you know, all of my conversations with other people is I didn't, I didn't grow up questioning or really having the right to an explanation. So how, how open are you with your kids and explaining, Hey, this is where I come from. This is my perspective. Here's the why. And let's talk about it. Man, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm very open. I, I try, I try to be very transparent. Um, I take my whole life as my testimony mm. and, um, uh, being married, man, me and my wife went through so much. And, um, uh, when we realized that life is just a bunch of the way we look at it, man, it's like life is a bunch of storms, right? But every storm it, it'll come, but it'll pass. Yeah. So we know that we, long as we weather that storm, you know, so we're going to be all right. Right. Yeah. So being able to be a husband allowed me to be a better man, which allowed me to be a better father. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 
And when you have that person that you can confide in, you can trust, it allows you to be have weak moments. Yeah. Which allows you to be more transparent. So yeah. and I need my sons to understand that it's all right to be weak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At moments. It's part of um, life. You can be transparent. You know what I'm saying? You can be honest. Everybody not gonna agree with your honesty, but as long as you're comfortable with your honesty, you're gonna be all right. So I try to be as honest with them, as honest as as honest as I can be with them. And I always taught them your word mean everything. Yeah. So when you put your name on it, you stick to it. Yeah. And we got a thing around here when we say, Do you promise? If you promise, that means that's your stamp. You know what I mean? And uh and allow us to have a so much of a better relationship. And I'm like, I'm like you, um, when you say you kinda struggle with the time being a cool dad or yeah. the disciplinarian or just the, the the brute of a father, man. I go through those moments. And um but when it get when they know when it's time for me to be that dude, just like your your kids know when it's time for you to be oh, yeah. dad, they know what they know what it means when yeah. you Which kid is the most like you? Um or what what or what traits do you see in each kid that that you say, oh, that's me. Um, as far as my daughter, Noel, her giving trait, and she would give you everything. Okay. I mean, I don't care. Like, it don't care what she, I don't care what she have to do or what she save her money for or whatever. If she see a person needs, she'll give them all of it. Yeah. So I had, I'm like, okay, well, I know you did that, but don't give them all of it. Um, but if she do, I try to double it up, but put it directly in her account because she got cash. She gonna give it away. Right. Um, just her, the way she cares, man, it just, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, like, like my youngest son, Isaiah, um, that dude's smart, bro. He's, he's smart, man. And he cares too. He's a, he's emotional dude. He, but he tried to hide a lot of it in him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but he cares a lot. He cares, man. He cares unconditionally. And then my oldest son, when you talking about smart, bruh. But see, one of the things that he got that reminds me of me is that um, when you can do something, but you don't operate with you to your full potential of it, mm-hmm. just because you know that you can do it. He had got that from me. And I used to get so frustrated until I started looking at myself. I said, dude, I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but he's so intelligent, man. And, uh, but he's headstrong. Okay. He's very headstrong. And, and that's a trait that he gave for me too. No, so. What does joy mean to you? Man, that's my everything, man. Say more. I like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm like, yo, I mean, she introduced me to a whole new life, man. Yeah. A love, man. Like, I became a better man because of her. And I've always, and I don't have a problem telling her that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I've been the best man all my life. She know I'm not perfect. That's not the point. Yeah. Right. But we like, we not, neither one of us is perfect, but we perfect for each other. I get that. that. Makes sense. I completely get that, especially at right. this stage. Who? So I have insight. To you, right? Not I didn't meet you last week or last year. Right. I right. know you for some while, for a while. Right. You're a dreamer, right? Big dreamer, right? right? And nothing seems impossible with you. Right. Is is your wife that way too? One question, and if she's not, does she support your dreams? My wife is not a big dreamer. My wife is. Um, She's more solid on things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not as big of a risk taker on certain things. Yeah. Um, but as far as supporting me, yeah, she supports, bro. Like it's okay. just like I would say like over the last five years it's been even more. And then over the last year or two, it's been way more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I saw a growth pattern, but that was something I didn't look at it for a while. I was looking at it like, why are you not supporting what I'm doing? Yeah. Like, why are you really not into it? Yeah. And then I had to look back and say, 
that was because of the things that I've done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as I got better, her support got stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, now when she look at me, like we still goofy, man, when, when I could just say something stupid ain't even funny and she just <laughs> laugh. Yeah. And uh, we it's got that connection, man. Right. Proud. Yes. My my it's wife like, and I just had a um had a conversation about me quitting my job, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the ultimate, and that's again, this is not tomorrow, this is not next year, but eventually right. having some financial freedom, having time freedom, right? And that's the biggest right. thing, right? Being able to control my twenty four, right? And we revisited it, uh, revisited it in our other podcast, right? And I had to take inventory of myself, kind of like you, what like. Um, no, there's a reference to me quitting my job before and it didn't work out. Right. So me, me saying it now. And if she's not on board immediately, I can't go to, Oh, she doesn't believe me. No, she has history. <laughs> right. And right. you can't, right. you can't disregard history. You can right. overcome it. You can give another chance, but history is history. Uh, and I, I just had to take an inventory like, Hey, what, what is it? What does it look like for you to feel confident and safe with me pursuing this dream? Right. And and we have more to discuss on that conversation uh, to, to really figure it out. And I realized I had really been all dream. No, no. I had a plan that I was working, but I hadn't communicated it, hadn't gotten buy in so that she could be comfortable. So when I'm I'm saying these things, I'm already believing in it. I'm, right. I'm, I'm already in. And then if she doesn't react like me now, I'm thinking, oh, she's hating or well, she doesn't believe in my dreams. But, you know, I, I just I don't know. So, so if, for some men that that that, you know may have that perspective. Check yourself, right? You got to make right. sure that you're, you're bringing to the table, that you bring in some sense of peace and stability, right. which I wasn't, I wasn't communicating at all, man. Right. I want to talk about, let's pick, let's pick one of your passions, right? You got, you have several passion projects. Let's pick one and kind of educate the people on what you're doing, why you're an advocate, um, I can pick one for you. You can pick y'all. I'll let you go ahead and pick because I, I don't mind. I'll let you pick. I want to understand your connection with autism. Number one, because okay. I don't see a lot of black men addressing children with needs. And I don't know if that's where it stemmed from, but you always hear kind of the the one, at least me. And I, I'm not, this is not a, I don't know the degree of accuracy, but from my perspective, you always see the care from a woman because they're nurturing, but what, what is your, you, you champion it. What, what is your connection with, with that cause? Um, man, when I started a friendship lottery, you know, we, um, it was, um, uh, I didn't even know the way it was going. Um, I was just letting God talk to me and he was talking to me while me and the way I was doing our live. And he told me it's going to be called a friendship lottery. He told me this, he told me that, and I'm still not understanding at that point. And um, I had a cousin, um, not a blood cousin. After I started a friendship lottery and then I started the page and everybody was joining the page and everybody saw what we were doing because we started with a a village movement. And when you start with a village movement, it made, it get, it got people comfortable with sharing some of the things that we're going through. Yeah. And I had a, a friend of mine slash cousin um, she hit me up. She was going through it, man. Like her son was a runner. If anybody know what that is, when you're dealing with autism or you're just dealing with the spectrum in general, um, you know, and your child will actually leave your house. Um, oh, wow. you gotta be, it's hard to get sleep, bro. Like you can't sleep. Yeah. Like I don't have anybody in my blood on my blood side of family that has autism. Okay. You know, but it was a deed in our community and just listening to everything that she was going through, man. Um, we close our eye to um, people's differences. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I get it. And uh, I started to realize when when she we and me and her was talking, I woke up around like I'm not gonna lie, bro. I woke up around like like three thirty in the morning. My stomach was hurting, hmm. so I go in the bathroom, whatever, and I just take my phone there. I'm get on Facebook, just looking, and she was up. And she's hit me up. She said, hey, cuz. I said, what's up, cuz? And she just said, can I just vent to you? I just want to vent. I said, okay, cool. 
then she was telling me about her son, everything she was going through. Her truck broke down and it was hard to get her son to the places where um, he needed to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, we had just started the friendship lottery about like maybe like a month, month or two, you know what I'm saying, prior. Right. And I said, well, I said, if you allow me to, I said, let me, I won't put your name out there. I said, um, let me put, let me ask the village for some help. Yeah. And she said, I don't know. I said, I won't put your name out there. I said, do you trust me? She said, yeah. I said, okay, I got you. So I put it out there, man. And so many people responded to help her. Right. So I go to work and um, I'm just feeling good because I'm like, okay, I feel accomplished. Like the village, it wasn't about what I did. It was that the village came together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at work. And I'm talking and uh, kind of realized one of my co-workers, his son has autism. We never had the conversation. Then people who I went to school with, they hit me in the inbox. I ain't supposed to be on my phone at work, but people hitting me up because they trying to help my cousin. Yeah. They child had autism. And I'm like, Wow. Like, you never know, like, when you start thinking about the rate of autism, um, it's like, it's like, it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a part of life that we didn't know about because we closed our eyes to it. Because it didn't hit sh- home. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they struggle with so much because the lack of help the lack of resources, the lack of knowledge. Um, it was so sad to me, man, because I felt like when I was growing up, um, the lack of resources, the lack of help, lack of knowledge of where to go get help, who's willing to listen to me or whatever. Like you said, hit home. Yeah. And uh, I said, man, we got to do something. Yeah. We got to do something, man. So I... um I invited somebody. I invited, I, I had an open invite out to um, a little venue. And um, I said, if anybody want to come help me create something uh, so we can raise awareness for autism, mm-hmm. just meet me here on such, such date. You know, Noel was there. Joe was there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Noel's godmother, Donna, she let us use her, um, her facility, her venue. And then, um, Girl named Verdell came. Girl named Keisha came. Um, People just supported. They did, man. Kim came and and see, like I'm a very creative person, man. And so when you think of kids with autism, they are so intelligent, man. Right, right, right. Like what you think they can't do, they think on a whole different level. And you know the great the great thing about them. I never seen a, a child on the spectrum that's a racist. I never seen a child on the spectrum that didn't show pure love. It's and he expected cool. that type of love. So when you go back to like my childhood, those are the things that I've been wanting. Ah, uh, it resonated right? with you. Right. It resonates, man. And so we end up, like I said, so my creative side, like I said, I actually had to, you always, when you look at a child that's on the spectrum, you always want to wonder what's going on inside of their head, right? Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, I had to live inside my head just to get through my every days from childhood all the way up. And I still do it, right? I, I, I'm dreaming right now reality. while we're talking. You had to create right. your reality just to get through. Right. Hmm. And so I created this thing called um, Autism Crush Festival. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I said, what can I do with this? Right. I created Autism Crush Fest in probably like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? About 30 minutes, maybe an hour at the most, but I don't think it was a full hour. And I said, but how can I get the village to be a part of it? Right. And I believe in uh, multi purpose and multi focus. Okay. I believe that we can come together for a certain cause, for one cause, but it don't got to just be that one cause. We can focus. That can be the main focus, 
Gotcha. But we can do so much more if we try to understand each other. So what I did was um, I took a lot of the things out of our community that everybody liked. Music, cars, yeah. food, um, games. I, I So I said, you know what? I'm going to create an event. So I reached out to people and I had people wanting to come and perform. Um, I reached out. We reached out to car clubs. They came out, reached out to vendors and friends. They came out and we created this thing called Autism Crush Festival. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing. And and it just took off from there and everybody came up with a call. But everything that I do, um, like what I've done, profit 100% come in, go out. Yeah. Right. And people ask me, well, how do you, how do your nonprofit survive, man? It's God. Right. I think that your word mean everything and your transparency um, complements your word. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I look at it like, you know, dude, I'm not a lazy dude. I need somebody to go out there and work for it. Yeah. Right. Um, if I really, really want something, I go out there and work hard for it. Uh, but that's what I've done all my life. I don't ask people for anything. So it's kind of hard. At one point, it was kind of hard to ask people to support. But I saw the bigger picture. You know what I mean? It's a gift and so, a curse, man. Because I, I, that what you're saying is, is, is hitting home for me because I don't like to ask for help. Right. Like, I, I like things to be a certain way. Right. I really think I can do anything. <laughs> and right. that's part of it, right? right? So if, if people aren't showing the level of urgency or energy that I'm looking for. Okay. I'll just, right. I'll just move along. Right. But, but what happens to people like us, right. you get drained. Right. So I'm curious as to how do you, how do you recharge and do you, how do you take care of you or who takes care of you? <sighs> that recharge, man, it's like, man, my whole, I got a whole team, right? Okay. I got a whole team with the Friendship Lottery. And they're amazing, man. My VP, from my VP all the way down to my secretary, everybody. And they try to force me to wind it down. Tracy, yeah. you can't save the world in one day. Yeah. I'm like, why you can't? You know I what I mean? Too. <laughs> because you ain't you're not guaranteed to be here tomorrow. So I got a lot of work to do. And uh, but my wife would be like, you got to slow down. Yeah. It's not healthy. Do you listen? I don't. Ah, I don't. Same club. And it's, and, and it's, and it'll drain you even more. Yeah. So when me and my wife, we have opportunities just to get out maybe an hour, 30 minutes, ice cream yeah. date, yeah. something like that. That's my recharge. Gotcha. Because as soon as I finish event today, I already started on the event for tomorrow. Yeah. Yesterday. Yep. You know what I mean? What what I what I would suggest is that um we're gonna put all your information in the in the in the link below. So we'll make sure that people have information uh related to the mm-hmm. Autism Crust Festival and your and your in your nonprofit. You're starting something, I want to lighten it up just a bit. You're starting something really interesting with your wife. I right. don't believe I'm a big fan. I'm a partner with you guys. Um, right. We're the Parkers. Right. Talk about that, man. I, Cause I think that that might be part of your recharge, man. It just looks right. fun. It look, I mean, the dynamic between your wife is cool. Right. As long as y'all keep it fun. Right. Cause I messed right. that up before trying to make it, trying to structure it too much, but right. we're the Parkers. What's that about? Man, me and my wife, we don't even operate inside the boxes. Neither one of us does, man. And um, we do so much for so many people. Um, I was like, okay, I just want to do something for us, but share it. Right. Yeah. So like we was talking about, we bring it back down to the dinner table and, um, we, I mean, people love to eat. I love to eat. Facts. This is true. Um, my wife is a more adventurous one than okay. I am. So I'm like, okay, babe, we can do something fun together that we can help. We can educate. We can have fun. We can laugh and. We can have some serious moments and stuff like that, but let's do it from a married um, point of view. Let's do something for us. Yeah. 
And uh, man, my wife is dope, bruh. Real talk, man. She, I, I can't even lie. She is dope, man. And uh, we're the Parkers, man. We're gonna be rating food. We're gonna be um, tasting food, rating food, um, food trucks, restaurants. Okay. We're gonna have fun though. We're gonna yeah. be having like little challenges. Like I don't ride roller coasters. I don't ride roller coasters, man. Bro, I, man, I rode the roller coaster. At, um, remember when um, at Buckrow Beach they had the wood roller coaster. And I was, that's my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. You're telling. You're telling on yourself. Right. And I told, look, I told God, I said, man, you get me off this thing. <laughs> I ain't going to never go on the roller coaster again. I never got on one. Yeah. So I don't, but, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a little grief, but I technically, I don't ride roller coasters anymore. I used to ride them, <laughs> but the way, the way the sciatica set up and then the, the, the surgery I had this summer, that they, that's right. completely, completely right. off the list, man. Right. But but just having fun with your wife, man, that's so important. It's so important for your sons to see that, man. Right. Healthy marriage is actually dope, right? That's not just Healthy the same. Healthy marriage is dope. All marriage isn't dope. Right. Every part of marriage isn't dope. Right. When it's healthy, you have a dialogue. Right. You have a mechanism to work through stuff. Greatest thing since sliced bread, man. Just it is, man. Though. I know, I know, like, like, like I come home or something and my wife having a bad day. I'm like, man, let's go get something to eat. That's the, that's the fix. Right. We go sit down, just me and her. Yeah. We go sit down. We only got to talk. We just got to be in each other's presence. But that's we big. talk, but. No, that's but, big. Yeah. Being you know, present. Just, right. Yeah. Just being in each other's presence, man. And we, we do it a lot. She'll treat me. I'll treat her. Um, we go down like the ice cream dates, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, ice cream date ain't nothing but like 10 minutes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But that's a, a great 10 minutes. Maximize the time, man. It, right. And see, that's what we're doing with We're the Park is we're going to do it from a marriage um, standpoint because health and marriage is dope. It's dope. I agree. You know, I, agree. I mean, <laughs> you think about it. It's a, that, that name is a testimony within itself. Bro, that's how you know I was what I'm born. Saying? Right. That's how I was born. Because I, I got to the point and quick aside, I, I realized COVID helped me realize that I was mischaracterizing my relationship with my wife. Right. I was saying the right things. You know, I figured some things out. I wasn't foolish anymore, but I was just kind of it was real shallow, surface things, right? The things you're supposed to say. And I used to travel a lot before COVID would work. We, we lived overseas right. and we moved back. I was still traveling a lot. And I realized that I was always looking forward to travel because I could get away from whatever was annoying me. Right. And if I can get away, I come back less annoyed and we still wouldn't talk about it. And then right. I count that as a win. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm no longer annoyed, but we never actually got any resolve. Right. But through COVID slowing down, being really in the house with each other, I realized I like my family. Right. I like my wife. The love was always there. That wasn't unquestioned. Right. I like my wife. So now we can have healthy conversations. We can get through stuff. It doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. It means we found some tools to help. We ain't got it. We ain't got it perfect. But I was right. like, yo, healthy marriage is dope. Like when it's healthy. Yes. Right? right. Just like when you're healthy playing football, that's dope. If you're injured, it's probably not so dope. Right. It's not a right. great experience. Right. But man, I, I don't know. That's that's quick aside. But that's just the growth. That, that's the point of growth that I'm at, man. It sounds like you're you're there or a little bit further, a lot further than that, man. So I just I appreciate people to advocate for it because I think we need to see that in our community. We advocate for everything else, right? right. I just, and advocate is a bad word for saying everything else, but we we celebrate everything else, right. no matter how shallow it may be. But celebrating real relationships and growth. Big fan of that. Um, Tracy, Trey, I'm, I'm, I've been trying not to call you Trey the whole time. <laughs> really, really trying not to call you Trey the whole time. Conversation, man, has been very enlightening. I hope it won't be our last uh, on the podcast. I know we, like, we're, we're going to continue to talk. We'll continue to support each other's projects. But I like to end the show with the section I call Father to Father. It's where I seek advice from my conversation counterpart, right? Because this is not an interview. 
after I introduced you, no longer guests, even if I didn't know you, but you know, we're, we're, we're just having these conversations. So I want you to think about that, but I'm going to ask you why you think about that. I've asked you to multitask, right? Cause you said you can do that. Right. What does the next chapter look like if you're writing? I don't, I don't, I thought about asking, you know, at the end of it all, what is it? I don't, that's just so far from the end of it. Like what you have right. to do and what you want to build. Right. What is that next step? that next goal, that next milestone, what does that look like for you? Um, happiness, man. Okay. Um, Self-happiness. Okay. Because I've been missing that for so long. Yeah. And um, when I can achieve that self, that full self-happiness, and it's not just about making other people happy. Sometimes you got to make yourself happy. Yeah. That's when I can probably relax. You know what I mean? But until then, I won't relax. You know what I mean? You know what I think is going to happen with you when you hit that level? And I trust that you're working intentionally to get to that level. Right. It's going to unlock so much more potential than you even realize because that burden is lifted. Right. And I, I haven't completely gotten there, but I'm slowly letting things go. Like, I, you know what? Right. Now this is an excuse that I'm putting on myself and it's holding me back. But as I start to release right. these things and not care, you know, as long right. as it's not hurting my family, not hurting my, you know, it's not disrespectful to my, my, my wife and my family right. name. Man, we trying it, bro. I mean, right. it, like life is, life is to be lived. And I, right. I've been in the rhythm. I've been, you know, my job was my identity and I was identifying, you know, I was, I was calling success all the wrong things. Right. But as I'm starting to, you know, grow up a little bit, man. It it is getting life is getting fun. And I hadn't I hadn't been I hadn't been fun in a while. If you ask right. my kids, I'm probably still not as fun as right. they want me to be. But but man, make sure that you're uh make sure that you're intentional about getting to that place, man. Cause it's gonna if you thought you was on one right now, I'm gonna right. and then I'm gonna replay this, I'm gonna send you this clip like bro, I told you. <laughs> I told you, I told you. <laughs> Before right. we get to the moon, I'm going to send you that clip, man. But right. again, I appreciate you, man. I just want that, you know, you got sons that are older than mine. You know, we we talk about life on this podcast, but it's reflective of, you know, your 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 journey as a son into fatherhood or to manhood right. and how all of that impacts you. But I'm selfish. So at the end, you know, I like to get some, <laughs> I like to get some game on. Right. I'm, you know, my son is 14. I have another son that's six. He'll be seven soon. Right. What, what advice would you give me having like you're, you're, you're up the block a few years with your right. experience. What advice would you offer me as a father today? Um, I said, keep being you, bro. You made a statement um, a little while ago when you was talking about how um, you was traveling to get away and um, you use your job as your excuse. Mm. You know, I used to do that. I did the same thing Yeah, and lost my family. And when I got opportunity to get my family back, I ran with it. Yeah. Thank you God. You know what I mean? And even, in, and even when you're having the bad times, right? Keep the love there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And every chance you get to hug your son, even when he's 22, I still hug him, man. I sneak a kiss on my son's cheek. I mean, embarrass him with that love. Yeah, because what's what they're going to do is going to carry over um, to your grandkids in the future, and, and then what it's going to do, so you right, get, you and it's going to have your yeah. right, it's going to have your grandkids looking at you like this, and it's going to have your son sitting back smiling because he's he's proud of the man that you are, mm. and who his son's grandfather is. Because those two different people, yeah, you know yep. what I'm saying. I already know what one of the topics is going to be next time we talk, man. Um, <laughs> that, but that's, that's sound advice, man. I appreciate it. And it's not, this is not just a segment for the sake of having a segment. I really take it to heart, man. And right. um, I appreciate that coming from you. I trust it coming from you. And though we're not, we're not blood, man. Um, I'm proud of you, man. I, you know, I have been for a long time. You always been, uh, you know, a great friend turned into a brother. Won't have right. to talk every day, but when we, when we lock in, it's like nothing. Nothing ever changed, man. Like when, like what was the magazine? Truth, Truth Magazine. Them <laughs> yeah, man. Remember them days, but you always been a dream. I always admired, uh, admired that about you. When you believe in something, it's clear. 
and you don't really right. wave it, man. So I hope you continue with that. Right. Um, for the listening audience, thank you for um, for taking this journey with us, this conversation. Hopefully uh, you pull something for, from it. I know I have, and I'll watch it back several times to just pull out you know, some of the gems and some of the lessons. Uh, if you're if you're listening on audio, please follow on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening on. If you're on YouTube, hey, what's up? You got the visual experience. Uh, please right. make sure that you're subscribed. If you haven't done that, do that now. Leave a comment if you haven't done it already. All of that stuff matters. It helps creators. And uh, I appreciate that from my listening family. Any closing words, Tracy? Tracy, um, Tracy, Tracy, not Trey. Right. <laughs> man, I love you, bro. I love you I too, do, man. man. I really I mean do, that. man. And I, I love everything that you're doing. Um, I definitely appreciate the healthy marriage is dope. I mean, that's like it, it rings volume in my house, man. Yeah. And ever since I saw it, um, I've been on it. I ain't gonna yeah. lie to you. Yeah, I've been yeah, on. I've been talking about it. me and my wife talk about it. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, man, because. Um, you created something, you and your queen created something that can help a lot of people. Oh, and I say, man, just keep doing it, man. Keep feeding into it, feeding into it, feeding into it. Because like you say, I see something bigger than in that than I think you even see. I appreciate you know that. I see that. I, I see it, bro. I see it. You got something there. You got something very, as you would say, beautiful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it, it came out of your hearts, man. And like I said, once again, man, I tell you that I love you, man. I mean it. I don't say it. Yeah. I don't say this to anybody. I only say it when I mean it. Sure. And I definitely appreciate you, man. Likewise, man. We can't end it any better than that. Uh, I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.